Welcome to the College Football Bros. It's the most wonderful time of the year. And now, here are your hosts, Michael, Ryan, and Trey Newman. Welcome to the College Football Bros. I'm Michael Newman. I'm Ryan Newman. And I'm Trey Newman. On today's episode, we are going to preview the four non-playoff New Year's Six Bowl games. We'll catch up on some of the latest news in the transfer portal. Uh, but first, we have uh, to announce the the winner of the ESPN Pick'em Pool. That's right. Yeah, the season-long pool we had. John Swami Young is his entry name. He went 81-47, and 47, which is ridiculous. But Wow. To kind of put context in it, in all of ESPN's game, he finished a hundredth, like so ninety nine point ninth percentile. That's Just unbelievable performance. I wonder how many like people that actually stuck with it because you know there's people that sign up but don't you know follow through with their picks. But like how many f- yeah. total people followed through with their picks? You know, and all that. Yeah, does I don't it say know, a number but... of like total? I don't know if you're looking at it right now, but um. I don't see a total, but like for context, I know yeah. like so I was I was fourth in our league, but I ranked over four thousand. I ranked like four thousandth in the pool in overall. So like okay, and, I, and you were and so, you had a pretty good record. Yeah, so like even if I go down, like let me try and find someone. Yeah, so like one of the one of the guys kind of in the middle of our pool is was twenty thousand. So I there was. I don't. Oof. I can't see the number, but a lot so, of people. Or at least at least fifty thousand of like legitimate. Wow, that's pretty crazy. Yeah, that's that's a good finish. Wow. Hopefully, he was putting some money behind those picks too. Yeah. Right. I Man. know. <laughs> but pra- bravo, Swami. All right. Um, now let's uh, recap some of the bowl games. What was what were the bowl games over the past week that that caught your eye? Well, I guess one of the performances that was great was in. Western Kentucky beat South Alabama and they were actually a small underdog, but it was 31 three at halftime. They were just running laps around, around South Alabama. But the big picture here is that it has to be fun for a Hilltopper fan knowing that Austin Reed is coming back. He had almost 500 yards, four touchdowns in this game, took his name out of the portal. So, and honestly, it wouldn't be maybe that crazy to see them add like a nice receiver or a nice playmaker uh, out of the portal to to make them even better next year and it looks like they might be losing their coordinator for the second year in a row but hell, yeah that seems didn't seem to to miss him too too much <laughs> no. this year yeah, exactly um yeah that, that was a good one for sure um i'll touch on the uh famous idaho potato bowl um eastern michigan defeated san jose state 41 27 so eastern michigan went nine and four Coach Chris Creighton just yeah. gets his get, he gets his first bowl in there, um, and it's Eastern Michigan's first bowl win since the year I was born, nineteen eighty seven. Um, so very big win for them. You know, and I've, old. I have yes, yes, thank you, Trey. You're <laughs> my older brother, but um, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, I've kind of said this before, but we don't really talk about Eastern Michigan much. Chris Creighton does not get enough credit for for what he's done there at Eastern Michigan, turning them into a respectable program. That 1987 bowl win um, was also the last time they they made a bowl game um, until Creighton showed up, and now in nine years um, he's taken them to five. Yeah. So I mean, like it was just 25 years of just absolute terrible play 
And then he's, he's done a great job now. I mean, they're always competitive, so he should do, he should just get more credit and more looks for a, a bigger job. Yeah, he's he's underrated. I, I agree there. Um, another game I wanted to bring up, Middle Tennessee won 25-23 in the Hawaii Bowl despite negative 66 yards yeah. rushing, which is just <laughs> it was crazy. A great game, San Diego though. State had seven sacks in the game but they turned it over five times. They they went to the air raid suddenly. Brady Hoke just decided to air it out and uh, didn't work out didn't overall. Out. So. Um, also, Oregon State beating Florida 30-3 to wow. in the Las Vegas Bowl. 10-win season for for Jonathan Smith, just capping off amazing season for the, the Beavers. And he did it with like without his original starting quarterback. Like, Goldbrinson, the freshman, came in and like was yeah. their QB for a long time. It's amazing what he's doing there. Uh, but... Yeah, Trey, you got another one? Uh, I'll just touch on kind of the, it was a bad performance. Uh, Baylor in the Armed Forces Bowl. It was actually the coldest game in Baylor history. Uh, but it just looked like Baylor didn't want to be there. Air Force dominated them. And uh, I mean, Baylor only put up 200, a little over 200 yards, and 80 of them came in the last kind of drive of garbage time. But but Air Force, man, 10 wins. Great job by Coach Calhoun. Uh, but you know, if you look big picture too at Baylor, like disappointing year. Preseason number ten, finished six and seven on the year. So Dave Aranda is going to have to kind of prove that last year wasn't a one hit wonder. Yeah, yeah. There's a few coaches out there where it's it's interesting uh, what their perception is moving forward. Like I kind of always paired Aranda with Mel Tucker, right? They both had those amazing. Yeah. Uh, Was it 2021s? I guess. And yeah. Uh, yeah, now have somewhat down 2022s, so we'll see what happens moving forward. I guess not as much, but um, I guess you would also put Sam Pittman a little bit in that category. Like, he's, yeah. I still he's still done a very a good job overall, them, given right? what he. But, and, yeah, he's a year. He's been a year longer than them. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah. But still, still the same kind of storyline. Yeah. 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 Um. Speaking of that game, Air Force's quarterback Zeke Daniels entered the transfer portal. Ooh, interesting. Yeah, I know, right? But he's a running. No, he UB. wants to just air it out. I don't know if he's going to like, I don't know what he's, it'll be interesting to see what happens with him. Cause I don't know if he's going to do, play he's going to end position. up in Navy and you're going to be like, Oh, okay. <laughs> what are you, what's he going to do? Like, do you, uh, he, he's got to be thinking, play a different position and maybe go to the NFL. That's what I'm thinking. But okay. That's just me. I don't know. Maybe he's thinking I want to pass, but who knows? Um, Finally, our last game, I think because Michael mentioned too, we got the the, the quick lane bowl. Uh, New Mexico State, they beat Bowling Green 24 to 19. So New Mexico State won their second bowl game in the last six years. Um, before that, they hadn't even made a bowl game since 1960. So pretty good job there in New Mexico State, who is coached by Jerry Kill now. So don't forget about Jerry Kill. Awesome that he's healthy and coaching and proven again that he's a solid coach. Um and this was his first bowl win. He was actually 0-5, believe it or not, before that. So good for him and the Aggies. They did kind of try to give the game away, uh, but maybe able to put a long drive together to hold on for the victory at the end. But good for the Aggies. Okay, let's uh, move on to these New Year's Six bowl games. So we'll start Friday, December 30th, the Orange Bowl between Tennessee and Clemson. Clemson is favored five. All right. Yes. Uh, so, you know, these non-playoff bowl games, man, it's hard to keep track of uh, 
who's playing and who's not. Really got to got to look deeply into those. Um, so wide receivers Jalen Hyatt and Cedric Tillman for Tennessee will not be playing. Um, and then defensive end Miles Murphy will not be playing for Clemson. And of course, DJU, who was transferred, but you know, Kate Klubnick will take over for him. He had a pretty darn good uh, game against North Carolina in the ACC title game, but that is against North Carolina's defense. Uh, I think this game was a little different with Tennessee. Um, I think it's going to be close. Joe Milton, he's played really well in the opportunities gotten this year after taking over for Hennon Hooker and then in spot duty for him. Um, so I, I, I believe Tennessee is going to be able to move the ball um, somewhat consistently, even without their, their two stud wide receivers. Um, it's kind of a reoccurring theme here for me, if you'll see. But, you know, these games are going to be so hard to predict, especially the non-playoff games. So I, I'm going to tend to take the points. I'm going to do that here. I'm going to take uh, Tennessee plus the five points. Uh, you know, both teams wear orange in the Orange Bowl. Both teams had their playoff hopes dashed by South Carolina at the end of the year. Uh, but I'm with you, Ryan. I'm taking Tennessee. Um, I know Klubnik might be the man for the Tiger offense, but personally, I think the offensive issues were more than than just DJU. Um, you know, we talked about on a on a prior podcast about how you know Clemson's defense was good, but maybe not as dominant as we thought going into the year. And then you 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 say Miles Murphy's out. They also got Trenton Simpson out. Um, so I think the Vols can move the ball. I think Milton is experienced enough. Um, and and kind of from the outside looking in, I feel like Tennessee really wants to capitalize on the big season that they had since you know playing in the New Year's Six and the Orange Bowl is you know fairly new to them recently um, compared to Clemson, who's been there year in and year out. Okay, I'm going to go the other way. I, I'm taking Clemson. I, Dabo is generally very good in bowl games and i just think now Klubnik as the unquestioned starter I, I think he could be the 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 big difference with with this offense especially i mean you know like we said in last game going up against north carolina's secondary for for clemson that makes things look easy yeah. tennessee secondary not not at that poor of a level but i still think Klubnik will will be able to have a lot of success there so that's my pick fair enough all right, let's move to New Year's Eve. We have uh, the Sugar Bowl, Alabama and Kansas State. Alabama's favorite, six and a half. What are you thinking here, Trey? Yeah, and as of now, Bryce Young and Will Anderson, they said they're going to play. Um, they might be a little thin at offensive line and receiver. They've had numerous transfers there, but I guess the big question here is, you know, what Crimson Tide team shows up? You know, are they going to be roaring to go after just missing the playoff? Yeah, Kansas State. They they just won the Big Twelve Big Twelve title. You know they're going to be amped to play in a game like this against against Alabama. And if you look at the team, you know Will Howard. He really injected some life into the offense when he came in towards the end of the year. Um, and now they're actually going to be able to sprinkle in some plays with Adrian Martinez in this game, according to Kleiman. Um, I know they didn't play a defense like Alabama. I just don't know if we're going to get the Tide's best effort. Felix Anadike Uzama, he could wreak havoc if if the Tide's O-line doesn't really gel together with some of those missing pieces. So I'm going to take the points with Kansas State. I agree. Yeah, I think K-State just closed out the season you know, almost as well as anybody in the country. I think Will Howard helped take this offense to, to another level when he became the starter. And Alabama, the back half of the season, has not been dominant with their rush defense. LSU had success running the ball with Jaden Daniels or Jalen Daniels, excuse me, Ole Miss with with Quinshawn Judkins, 
Auburn with Jarquez Hunter and Robbie Ashford. So I think Deuce Vaughn is capable of having a great day. And like you said, Trey, if if they're able to have a few packages with with Adrian in there, um, run some creative plays with him to to kind of replicate the success that Daniels and uh, and Ashford have. Why did I correct myself on Jaden Daniels? Yeah, Jaden Daniels. Yeah, it is Jaden Daniels. <laughs> yeah, well, you went Kansas and then LSU. And... Yeah, I'm all right. Yeah, anyway, right. I just realized that I was like, no, I was right the first time. Anyway, <laughs> uh, I'm taking K State. Yeah. Yeah, this is, uh, you know, we're all three going to stick with K-State here. I think you guys kind of mentioned it, but motivation factor, man. I, I, bowl games, especially these types, like for Bamas of the world, it makes a difference to me. I don't know how it can't. So K-State is going to be pumped to be playing in this game against Alabama. They're going to want to be here for sure. Question a bit, a little bit about Alabama. Heading into the year, they were thinking national title or bust, but I know their guys are coming back to to play. They're not, they don't have really any sit outs, but I got to go TCU. I mean, I got to go K State. K State looked really good against TCU, and love Dusan, man. He's going to be able to move the ball for sure. So K State. All right, moving on to Monday, January second, we got the Goodyear Cotton Bowl Classic. Tulane versus SC. Trojans favored what? Two, two and a half, Michael? Yeah, we'll say minus two is what I had written down, so we'll go with that. Um, I I think there are more question marks with USC here. We don't know how healthy Caleb Williams is with that hamstring injury, and that becomes an even bigger factor because, much like in the Pac-12 championship game, he's going to be playing behind a reshuffled offensive line, uh, an area where USC has almost no depth. Andrew Voorhees, USC's top lineman, he's gone at guard. Uh, their second best lineman, Brett Nelon at center, he's out. So this O-line, I think, goes from a strength to a weakness, and I think that'll have an impact against a, a very solid two-lane defense, one of the better G5 defenses out there. And then on the other side of the ball, we know USC has a bad defense, so I could see Tajay Spears you know, running all over them, Michael Pratt being efficient through the air. I'm I'm taking Tulane. I don't know if we're doing locks this episode, but I'll I'll lock yeah. that one in. I'm I'm with you, Mike. I'm all over Tulane here. Um, even I'll take the points. They should, I feel like they should be favored here, but yeah, they're <laughs> they are they're looking good. Hey, they beat K State earlier in the year. They definitely know how to beat some good teams. But kind of like Michael said, like I, that that offensive line is. I feel like it's yeah. going to struggle. I'm really worried about it heading into this game. Caleb Williams was kind of you know they would make miraculous plays left and right throughout the year but there's certainly a, a breaking point at you know it's got to happen at some point where it's just like okay even caleb williams can't keep up with this at this point like it's just too much to overcome jordan addison out at receiver as well yeah so i think there's too many uphill battles right now for for caleb williams and usc to to be able to overcome and Tulane's, i'm sure they're fired up i'm sure they're ready to go and seemingly healthy playing great um i just don't see that Tulane has a real weakness. I mean, they're they're good on defense against both run and the pass, about top 25-ish in both. They got a good passing game on offense and a good running game. They're maybe not elite at anything, but they're pretty darn good at everything. So I think they're they're gonna win this one. Yeah, I'll I'll pick Tulane as well. And I, I just think like if Tulane defensive line is able to kind of like get to Caleb Williams, and if Caleb Williams isn't hundred percent, like at a certain point in the game, there's almost like no reason for SC to to keep playing them. Like, just go to Miller Moss or it's Miller Moss, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, we'll see. I, I don't expect like Tulane to just dominate like that. But it is the Super Bowl for Tulane. Um, 
I still think SC will make plays, but I think Ty J Spears and the way that they've been playing will make the difference and and get to uh, the cover versus SC. <laughs> All right, let's get to the Rose Bowl game presented by Prudential. It's Penn State against Utah. The Utes are favored two. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I'm looking forward to this one, but I would look forward to it more if there weren't kids sitting out of this game just because I really wanted to see full strength Utah and Penn State going at each other. Um, some of the best players are, are going to be out. So for Utah, you're missing their stud corner, Clark Phillips, um, tight end Dalton Kincaid, and the running back Tavion Thomas. So three really, really key guys for them. Uh, and then for Penn State, you got Joy Porter, their great corner. He's sitting out. And then their wide receiver, Parker Washington, who is more of an injury thing than maybe a sitting out, but still. So there's, those are some key, key things. And But, you know, on this season, man, it's kind of weird for Penn State to me, like, I've seen a whole season of them, but I really still don't know if they're how good they were. I mean, they went ten and two, but it, you know they they lost to the two teams they were supposed to. They lost to Michigan and they lost to Ohio State, the only two ranked teams that they played all season, and then they won the other ten. So their season went pretty much exactly to script. It was kind of the boring season. Where it's like, well, we lost to the two teams we should have and took care of business. But I want to see them against another pretty darn good team. So Utah, that, that'd be perfect for them. I feel like Utah is that another borderline top 10 team. So really prove how good Penn State was. But I'm still looking forward to it. Um, although I do think Utah's um, sit-outs are more impactful than Penn State. So I'm actually going to go with Penn State. All right. I honestly, when I looked at the opt-outs, I don't know, as of this, I almost kind of consider them a wash. Um, I did, although Kincaid is a big piece, but either way, some Clark unfinished Phillips. business. Uh, some unfinished business for Utah. I'm going to take them. They they got familiar with this Rose Bowl scene and atmosphere last year. They kind of seem to be peaking right now. I mean, the way that they just beat SC in the Pac-12 title, and the way they were playing on offense and the defense was very encouraging. Um, I just like you said, Ryan. Penn State's very hard to gauge, but they didn't. They didn't beat anyone. I, you got to say their best win, I guess, is a late comeback win at Purdue in week one. I don't know. Um, but you got guys like P.J. Mustfer on their defense, very strong. I like Nicholas Singleton running the rock. But I just think that Cam Rising is the better quarterback on the field. He's going to make the plays to get the win. Okay, I'll, I'll go the other way. I'll, I'll take Penn State. Um, I know we mentioned their, the way their schedule went, the 10-2, and two, but nine of those 10 wins were by double digits, so... I still think that's the sign of a very good team. Um, I, I think that this is a nice matchup for them. I think they'll be able to keep Utah's running game somewhat in check. Um, only Michigan was able to run for more than four yards per carry against this Penn State defense. So, so, so this defense was really good. Uh, yeah, Manny Diaz did, did a good job. So, uh, yeah, give me give me the Nittany Lions. Uh, but okay, let's uh, talk about some other bowl games. What other bowl games throughout the next few days are you guys looking forward to? All right, we we mentioned a couple, I guess, on our last last episode, but I'll I'll go a little different here. Fr- on Friday the thirtieth, we got the Gator Bowl, Notre Dame and South Carolina. The Irish are a, a small favorite as we record this. I just want to see if Spencer Rattler and the Gamecock Gamecock offense can can actually keep up with the two game hot streak here against you know yeah. what is this solid Irish defense? I Notre Dame. I know Notre Dame has lost. Um, they have some offensive issues, but still excited to see how this game plays out. Uh, yeah, that, that, that is definitely one I'm looking forward to and got to mention the Alamo bowl. That's what it seems like yeah. a lot of people are looking forward to Texas versus Washington. 
kind of a, some good passing attacks against, well, B. John Robinson sitting out. So that does kind of suck for this game, but <laughs> still looking forward to it. Uh, Music City Bowl. How about that? Iowa versus Kentucky. We get to see if, if they can go under the historically low 31 point total. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, should be ugly, but did we, I don't know if we mentioned this on last week's episode, but the, the cheese at bowl, Oklahoma, Florida state, just cause with, with yeah. Jordan Travis announcing, of course, that he's coming back, Florida state dominating the transfer portal right now. They look like they're going to be a preseason top 10 team next year. Um, they're going to be kind of the, the it team. I feel like for everybody. So a big win here would only add to that hype heading into the off season. Yeah, that would be a springboard. Okay. How about uh, speaking of the transfer portal? Any any transfer portal news that caught your eyes over the last week? There's definitely some major some major uh, po- transfer news going on there, um, which I'm losing in my notes here. One second. There you are. Hudson Card to Purdue. That yeah. was an interesting one. Yeah. What do you guys think? Do you think he's going to do do well there? Do I think he's yeah, going to do I liked well? him. You have no idea. Don't even pretend like you know. <laughs> <I> mean, <We'd... laughs> they, they hired Graham Harrell, right, as their office coordinator, I think. I'm sort of right. lukewarm on Graham Harrell. I can't decide if he's good or not good. I'm not warm Probably means he's I'm some, cold. somewhere in between. Okay. Uh, but no, I think I think Hudson Card's pretty good, so I think he'll probably do reasonably yeah. well there. Yeah. We'll see. I mean, I'm a little worried about it personally. Okay. I don't think I don't think they'll do that great. What about what about Devin Leary at Kentucky? <laughs> I don't know. They keep proving me wrong, so I'm just gonna say he's gonna do great because seems like whenever I doubt t- Kentucky, they seem to do pretty well. Although this year they weren't that great, but yeah, but they, they just Will Levis has was toolsy, so he's he's gonna get picked high. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think uh, we got to mention the biggest one: Sam Hartman um, transfer from Wake. Looks like it's going to be Notre Dame. Um, I guess uh, when I look at this, it's definitely a big upgrade for the Irish. But I'm, I'm just. Are, I is want it to like, look is it this. that official yet, or is it? I know no, there's been like well, rumors. Yeah, it's not. I'm just okay. kind of as if we record. As we record, it, it sure. definitely seems like that. Um, say he does. Sure. Say he does go to Notre Dame. Like I said, I, I do think it's a big upgrade. But I just I want to kind of mold this over through the offseason and just not say it's a home run because it's just going to be such a different offensive system. And I, but the overall, I'm happy for Hartman if he does go there. It would be a very good way for him to kind of prove or validate his his NFL stock. Yeah, yeah, I, it will be. It's because Dave Clawson does such a great job with quarterbacks. It seems like anyone in that system does a great job. It is. It will be interesting to see one of them in a different spot and just see how it goes. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Remember Jamie Newman? Of course. Of course. <laughs> right. He, right. He started yeah. over uh, over Sam Hartman. Well, they kind of. I know. They kind of went back and forth a little bit. Kind of my point. Like, it's just kind of an afterthought now. I know, man. If he wouldn't have, because he ended up, it was the COVID year that he, he ended up just sitting this, the twenty twenty season to to go right. to the draft, but. Just imagine if he would have played for Georgia, how different things might be. I don't know. It did. It, it set yeah. off some. You gotta play, there. man. Gotta play. Yeah. Um, what else you got, Mike? DJU to Oregon State. That's yeah. an interesting one. I, I think it's a great move for DJU. Yeah, I think. yeah. You go to a place. That Jonathan Smith uh, does a great job with offenses. Uh, he's going to have good running game uh, to, to help make things easier for him. He'll probably be involved in the running game and. 
Yeah, that's that's an interesting one because the quarterback play there was not all that great. You know, you just got Goldbrunson coming back who didn't play all that great. So, yeah. What do you guys um, think of Graham Mertz to Florida State? That one's interesting. No, Florida, my bad, Florida. Yeah, uh, that is definitely very interesting. Like, if so, is is Florida not going to go after another transfer quarterback? Because that just seems weird. If that's that's your big move, you know? Because it I, seems a little underwhelming. I mean, I know he he maybe a uh, a new kind of environment change of scenery would help. But as a Gator fan, I would just be so worried about all those turnovers he had. Well, it's like Florida State going after Hornybrook. Like, what are you doing, man? <laughs> Definitely feels kind of Kill. similar to that. Yeah. So we will see. I, yeah, I'm not super bullish on that, but, you know, it sometimes change the scenery does things. Let's yeah, watch, yeah, look at Bo Nix at Oregon, but I don't know. Yeah. That, I wouldn't be super excited if I were a Florida fan. Let's see. Texas A&M, they have the most transfers from the Power Five with 24 right now. That's, uh, Pretty high number. Interesting news there. <laughs> Not very good. Speaking of Florida State, though, they've they've added man a lot of good players. They added Braden Bra- Fisk, Braden Fisk from Western Michigan, the top one of the top D tackles on the market. They yeah. added what Jaheim Bell from South Carolina, kind of a tight end slash running back, do it all offensive weapon. That's great. They added another tight yeah. end. I forget I forget who, but another good one. So they're yeah they're cleaning up. Keaton Slovis to BYU. That's an interesting one. Yeah. Yeah. Right. I don't know. He'll, I'm sure he'll do great, but yeah, I, I've, I like Keaton Slovis. Uh, I know he's had a, a couple rough, I mean, had that great true freshman year with Graham Harrell. And just since then, it just kind of slowly t- deteriorated, but he has, he, he has the talent, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, let's see what else we got. Uh, Denver Harris, the trans, the Texas A&M transfer, the big time recruit. Yeah, he's going to LSU. Five star like, corner. Yeah, if he just get off the field issues, nothing with you know on the field. So if he could keep that straight, that could be a huge get for LSU. Actually, it's a great name. Yeah, Dion should have got him. It'll be yeah. Well, got Travis Dion, Hunter, Travis Hunter, and oh, yeah. Shadur Sanders. Like it'll be kind of interesting to see how those guys parlay into the. Power five. I'm going to be interested to see what Colorado's season win total ends up being mm. because yeah, they were the worst power five team, yeah, horrible. I think by a decent margin. And you know, how, how much of a turnaround can you get? Northwestern I mean, was pretty bad. What's that? Northwestern was pretty bad, but I, okay. Better than Colorado. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. They won one game. <laughs> <laughs> Nebraska. They beat Nebraska. <laughs> then yeah. they lost their last 11. <laughs> Amazing. Amazing. They won. They, they won. <laughs> they were over on this continent, but they yep, yeah, it's true. It's did true. win a game in, Ireland. in Europe. All right. Well, instead of Ryan reading through the 24-7 transfer portal list, I think we can end this episode. It was, <laughs> it was the athletic, but that's oh, a good okay. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Ryan, big, yeah. big spender. Yeah. So, you know. No, it was a free. I signed up free. It was a free oh, access. Okay. I'm, not, I'm not even willing to pay the one buck for the free yeah. year or the essential. The I'm first a subscriber. Year. I at some point decided to commit to paying the one dollar. You know, but <laughs> but it's been a year though. It's not one dollar a year. It's the first year you get a buck, and then oh. what does it turn into? Yeah, I don't know. It's I'm you getting charged know. something. You're one of those people that's I'm getting yeah, charged something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it always frustrates me because. Whenever I want to read the athletic, I, I'm not a guy that goes to the athletic app and just peruses. I go to 
I'm usually on Twitter, right? And some sort of article yeah. from The Athletic catches my eye. Okay, I click that. But because I'm in the Twitter app, it doesn't like memorize my login and everything. Mm. So I'm having to log in again and it's like, nope, not mm. reading it. So it's like... So you're really getting your money worth, I'm aren't not, you, Mike? I'm not at all. Well, no, I am. Yeah, I, am. I yeah. take that back. I, I do still end up reading a decent <laughs> amount from there. But it doesn't take much to get your money's worth when it's such a low well, price. What is, buck, this, but what is it after the first year? I, I don't... It, let me. I'll go check right now. I don't know what I'm pay, what I'm paying, but it's not much for all that great content and info that you get with the athletic. I do. This sounds like an ad, but we are not getting anything no. from them. No. I, I yeah. I, don't, I stopped subscribing to like any sports stuff. I don't know. Just. <laughs> By the way, you can subscribe to our Patreon at <laughs> patreon.com slash college football pros. Except for that. That's the best stuff. That's <laughs> Come on. Uh, you get some camaraderie with that. That's, actually, that's supporting though. an independent podcast. And yes, yes, that. But you gain access. You get to talk to other people. Like that. There's actual benefits to that. There's not, I don't know. Knowing info is less cool to me. All right, you know what? We're not going to find it because at, at this point, I can't, I can't even. What the heck is that hard? Check your bank account, bro. Yeah. Okay. All right. We're going to my bank account. But now you have to decide: like, is it on a bank account? Is it on his credit card? Is it on? No, that is true. I'm like, is it going through PayPal? Is it going through my account? <laughs> oh, two factor authentication. Eight bucks a month. How long? How did it take you that long, Mike? Well, I don't know what I'm paying. I might have got locked in at a better deal than that. Well, it says one buck for each of the first 12 months when you first join. And then after that, it'll be eight bucks a month. So there you go. Eight bucks a month. So 90, about a hundred bucks a year, pretty much. He might've got grandfathered into a different room. I'm, yeah, I'm, maybe still, I'm still, it's, I can't find it. I can't, still find, I can't it. find where I'm getting charged. <laughs> Everyone's waiting on pins and needles. You know what? Mm. I'll, I'll report it in the discord when I find it. So there, there you go. go. That is oh, such huge incentive to subscribe to the Patreon. Man. Yes, exactly. Mm. What does Michael Newman pay? Uh, anyway, that'll do it for this episode of the college football bros. Uh, we're going to have episodes previewing the playoff games out soon. So, be sure you're subscribed. Those are going to be uh, YouTube and audio episodes, so you can check them out either place. Uh, we'll see you then. You've been listening to the College Football Bros. If you have any questions for the next podcast, email them to collegefootballbros at gmail.com. To keep up with the brothers on social media, like them on Facebook at College Football Bros, follow them on Instagram at College Football Bros, and for their commentary on Saturdays, Follow them on Twitter at CFB Bros. Thanks for listening.